welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Thorog Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the other host, Asia Bonilla. We're back again, and today we're starting something new. It's time for a Charles pick, and we're going to be covering the Savvy Trilogy by Ingrid Law, and today we're discussing the first half of the book, Savvy. And yeah, as Asia said, this is a me pick, because I read this book in middle school, probably 7th or 8th grade. My program, my program, my school had a program for nerds, (laughs) well, they didn't call it that, but we could read a certain number of books each year, and then if we did, we got like a lunch party, and then we got to get pick out like 10 books from the library. So they would like buy, you know, a bunch of copies to put on the bookshelves. And they would, we could go and pick out a bunch of them before they put them on the shelves and just keep them. So I picked this one up one year because I liked the cover. I didn't read the sequels, but I'm pretty sure they didn't exist when I was able to. Like they weren't out yet because this was a new book then. So I won't know what's going on in those. But before we go too far, for anyone who's new to our show, we are a podcast with the Nerd Party Network, and we're basically a book club. We're best friends, and we read and reread YA books from our adolescence and share them with each other. So we alternate between books one of us has read and the other hasn't. So this time I'm rereading this first book, and he's just reading it for the first time, and then we'll both be reading the next two as newbies together. And I will summarize the plot in just a second, but Charles, do you have any other intro info that you want to give us? Sure. So there actually wasn't a lot about Ingrid Law or the books online, including her website. She wrote this trilogy, which was pretty popular and successful, as in it received a lot of praise for being age-appropriate literature. So she has said that She's completed the story of Savvy. She's not expecting to write more books in that world, but she is currently working on another book, on a standalone fantasy book. And, like, Savvy itself won a bunch of awards, and when I say, like, a bunch, I mean a bunch. Like, it won the Newbery Honor book, and it was New York Times bestseller. It won the Boston Globe Horn Book Honor Award. It was on Oprah's reading list, Al Roker's Book Club for Kids, and the ALA or American Linguistics Association notable book for children. So like and that was just the the top names. Like the awards go on and on, but like I mean Newbery is obviously iconic for young adult literature. And also like this makes sense as to why my library would have been buying copies because it was super well received. Like that makes sense that they would want it for their library. So anyway, that's all I could find. Uh Asia, do you want to go ahead and summarize? Yes, so our main character is named Mibs Beaumont, and she's about to turn 13, which is a big deal in her family because on each child's 13th birthday, each of them receives a gift, or savvy as they call it, which is essentially a superpower. So she's obviously very excited for this, but a few days before her birthday, her dad gets in a car accident, so her mom and eldest brother have to go away on her actual birthday, and this overbearing church lady decides to throw Mibs a birthday party instead, and Mibs is convinced that her gift can wake her father from his coma, so she, her friends, and siblings stow away on a bus, but that's a 
that ends up going the wrong way. So they're trying to figure out her savvy and get home. And that's pretty much what we covered in this first half of the book. And I'll say right off the bat, I am very much enjoying this story. I think how Charles <laughs> described it to me, this is not what I was expecting. So I was very pleasantly surprised. Everyone does have very odd names in the story, though, which I thought was funny right from the beginning. And I don't know, to me, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of a mix of Encanto and Twilight with the vampires like having special abilities because of the gifts. Like, there's so many superpowers. And in general, like, the characters are funny. So I am definitely enjoying what we've read in this first half. Wow. I feel like I need an award. Finally. Finally, I picked something that Asia is not like, I hate it, burn it, throw it out the window. I like City of Ember. I like some of the other things, but this one, like, just right off the bat, I mean, we'll see if, as we'll see, yeah, we'll see if that opinion I'm not gonna changes, jinx it. but as for right now, I, I think it's a very sweet story, and I'm already intrigued. Well, I'll take it. My impression was that I remembered two things. I knew this going in when I suggested we read this. It was one, they get gifts, and two, they all have stupid names that relate to their gifts. So that was correct. I was 100% right in my memory. And I did remember that Mibs's power, I, I remembered specifically what hers was, and that she wasn't going to realize what herself for a while what it is. So my memory must just be pretty good for this specific book. But again, I don't really know what happens the rest of the book. And I definitely don't know what happens in the, the two sequels, so we'll see. But, yeah. So diving in, like you said, each Beaumont member, family member gets a gift when they turn 13. They're savvy. And I really like that it's called savvy, because obviously savvy means like a talent or a gift. And so I think it's charming that they, because even the way they talk about it, like especially the mother, she's like, it's just special knowledge or know-how that we have, which is what savvy is colloquially too so i think it's very charming that they call it that and then the best example is fish who is mibs's older brother he causes storms and like his emotions are very much tied to the weather which is literally what peppa's gift in is in encanto yes which that's why i said i was getting very strong encanto vibes from this which obviously encanto came after this book but that's just exactly what it reminded me of like the family and like them all having these powers like I thought that was really funny. But my first, I think probably my first actual impression was I wrote down what kind of a name is Fish? Like, because they all kind of have weird names like Rocket and like how she goes by Mibs, like more odd names, but like Fish? Like, what kind of a name is that? Well, like I said, the names are stupid and they're obvious. So they clearly indicate the powers. Like, Fish kind of relates to ocean, kind of relates to storms, kind of relates to water. Like, you can see the connection to... That his... seems like a long... Uh, you. That's like... That was a stretch, I feel like. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, Rocket, he can generate electricity. I feel like that also is like... It's... I understand, like, you don't want it to be too obvious. I think you don't want it to be too obvious. But even then, like, Rocket, like, I don't know, Fish, like, in general, is just a weird name. Like, imagine, like, if your name was, like, Dog. Like, I don't know. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's weird. Like, Rocket, like, what, the other son's name is Samson. The youngest daughter is Gypsy. Like, those are obviously odd. But, like, Fish, like, is literally the name of a type of animal. Like, I don't know. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I don't think it's any more odd than the other names. Like, Gypsy like, is, like, an like ethnic minority. I just feel like he really minority. got the short end of the stick. Like, between being 
Gypsy, Rocket, Samson. You got to be Fish? Like, <laughs> I would change my name. Well, I guess. Just seems like a sucky name. But, like Charles said, everyone just has a weird name in the family. And how I'd said before how this very much reminded me of Encanto, I was wondering, and I, well, more so hoping that it wasn't, it was not going to be like Encanto, where our main character doesn't get a superpower, like gets a savvy. Well, luckily it's, like you said, the beginning is like Encanto, but it is not like Encanto in that Nibs, oh my god, even her name starts with the same letter as Mirabelle. What the hell? I mean, Mibs could be a nickname for Mirabelle. I mean, that's why I was thinking. I was like, oh, no, I can't deal with I can't drama. deal with the sadness. Yeah, I can't deal with the drama of Encanto again. Yes, Mibs is going to get a power. She just doesn't understand it at first, which I guess is also kind of like Mirabelle. Mirabelle's power is that she can unite the family, and she just doesn't understand it at first, but whatever. This is an essay waiting to happen. Sixth <laughs> graders, listen up. There is an essay here. But, so... Compare and contrast. Pardon? Compare and contrast, exactly. Compare and contrast. I feel like we had to do that as, like... We totally did in middle school. school. Like, it was, like, that was a formative essay. Like, you would have an introduction, and it would explain two different topics, like, two different elements. Then you'd write a compare paragraph, then you'd write a contrast paragraph, and then you'd write a conclusion paragraph. Well, this would be a great thing for that. You're welcome, middle schoolers. Anyway, so... We should mention that they say that they, or Mibs, says that she has to learn to scumble her savvy, which mean, which is learning to control it. So, since the second book is called Scumble, I have a feeling one of the elements of the next book is going to be learning how to control her savvy. Just putting that out there. What's the third book called? Switch. Okay. I just, I didn't even know what the names of the books were. I just know the first one. So, moving on. So, like we said, Mib's dad is was in a car accident, and he's now in a coma. And then on Mib's birthday, because of a bunch of accidents, she basically is convinced that her power is to wake things up, which it's really not a bunch of accidents. Like, two things happen, basically. She shares a room with her youngest sister, Gypsy, who's, like, I think, like, three years old. And when when Mibs, like, looks at her, she, like, wakes up immediately, like, just out of the blue. And then she goes downstairs, and Samson, her younger brother, he has this turtle who everyone thought was dead, and all of a sudden it's alive again. Or, like, it was playing dead, and now it's woken up. So she's like, oh, my gosh, like, this is my savvy. Like, I can wake people up from, like, deep sleep or something. So she's like, I need to go to my father to wake him up from his coma, which, I don't know, I, I immediately was like, this seems pretty naive. Like, I don't think that's enough. Also, like, what a weird, like, power to have or, like, savvy. Like, I feel like that's a very specific thing. Well, it's not that functional. Like, unless that's you what live... I'm saying. It's not that Unless functional, you live like, in Disney princess novels. Up? Like, it only would apply in say? Disney... Prin- it would only apply in Disney princess movies. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... It didn't make sense to me from the beginning, so that's why I was like, I don't think that's her power. Well, it's going to turn out not to be. So then this overbearing lady, she shows up, and I guess she, like, knows the family, and she has two kids, and they show up, and she's, like, 
Mibs, I'm going to throw your birthday party. I have connections. And she points at the sky. And Mibs is like, it sounds like she thought she was going to get God to help plan my party. And I was, like, really expecting Asia to write a note on, like, the sass. Because Mibs is all about, like, sure, God can plan his part, this party as much as he wants. Like, I don't know. I thought you were definitely going to have something to say about the overbearing Christianity lady. No, I honestly didn't. I mean, also, it's, I feel like overall, like, not that big of a part. And the lady, she's the wife of the preacher or the pastor, yeah. whatever the church is. And they're two kids, so I don't know. That kind of made sense. But honestly, what I should have commented on that was actually really annoying are the two little brats, these little girls that keep picking on Mibs. And I think they call her Missy Pissy. <laughs> and they're, but it's, okay. I kept, like, this is where I was like, I wanted to see this, like, as, like, a live action, like, reenactment or, like, a cartoon or something. Because they have where, like, it's that typical thing where it's, like, the bully and the sidekick. And the sidekick is, like, repeating everything. So she's like, oh, my yeah, gosh, we hate you, Missy really Pissy. Funny. And she's like, yeah, Missy Pissy. Like, what? Like, she's not even contributing to the conversation. Like, she's just repeating the last two words of the first girl's sentence. But... I know, it's pretty funny. So that was actually annoying. So I was glad to, like, not see them after a little bit. But... Honestly, yeah, that would make a... You're right, that would make a really great scene cinematically. Like, I just thought, like, that the comedic relief was appreciated in that, even though they were annoying. We should say that Mibs is a nickname for Mississippi, which is her name. Can you spell Mississippi? Which is also totally random and makes no sense. But can you spell Mississippi off the top of your head? M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Yeah. Can you spell it backwards? I-P-P-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-M. Yeah. I mean, it's really not that hard. There's only like three letters in the whole word. Yeah. But didn't you definitely like learn to do that really quickly in elementary school? Like... M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I-I-P-P-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-M. No, I, I never did the backwards thing. I just did that right now. Not, well, that cool. that, very clever of you. <laughs> Clearly, I went to elementary school in the South. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Anyway, back to the plot. <laughs> so at this point, we're at Mib's party at the church, and I figured out Mib's power, which, again, at this point, I was like, how can she be so in denial? Which... Basically, her power is that she is able to hear people's tattoos speak. And at this point, I was thinking, well, maybe she'll be able to, like, talk to them. Like, they, like, come to life. And I was just like, this just is just such, I mean, all the powers are kind of odd, but such an odd power to have. Because I feel like the ones we've been introduced to, like, they said, well, I guess we'll get there in a second. I'll give everybody's powers. I don't want to jump ahead of the outline or Charles will kill me. Charles won't kill you. But but he will give me a dirty look, so I'll be patient. Well, yeah, I do. I don't know about the talking. I don't think she ends up talking to the tattoos, but maybe she does. The, the power kind of changes because at the beginning, it's very much like, like the tattoos are kind of speaking for themselves, like they have a personality themselves. Yeah. But then later they have more of a, they're revealing your thoughts. So her power is specifically actually that skin, ink on skin, 
is what she, she can hear ink on skin. And that makes perfect sense with her name. So. Yes. And like, as it does go on, like even in this first half of the reading, it does come across more like mind reading, like in the sense of the tattoos are kind of like reveal, like trying to reveal the person's like thoughts or feelings in the moment, possibly. So, yeah, I could definitely see that like maybe she can't actually speak to them in the future. But it's definitely like it's just a very interesting power. But you said it makes sense with her name. What does it have to do with her name? Like with Mississippi or with Mibs? With Mibs. But like, well, it's like you well, said. Explain. The pa- I don't understand. I'll explain it. I'll explain it. I'm, I'm impatient. <laughs> oh, this episode, just keep interrupting me. Dang. So. Well, what I want to say about the, the talking ink is like at the beginning, like you said, they're kind of just talking. And you're like, well, okay, now we're just getting a bunch of like non-existent subconsciousness but like you said it becomes more mind reading which if it's mind reading that's super powerful because then she has to draw a circle on an enemy and she can hear their thoughts yeah you know? like she could really use it to her advantage but again it's kind of changed so my theory of it being ink on skin is that mibs sound like sounds like nibs n-i-b-s which is the point of a fountain pen. Wait, say it again. Mibs, M-I-B-S, which is her name, is very close to Nibs. Okay, with an N. N-I-B-S, which is the end of a pen. Okay, but how did she... That makes about as much sense as fish does for blowing storms. I guess, but also because I'm like, that's not actually her name. Like, because did they say who gave her the nickname Mibs, or did she just make that up? Remember, she was like, she hates her name, Mississippi. I mean, that is a sucky name. It's a horrible name. Missy Pissy? Like, oh my gosh. Imagine (laughs) being called that for the rest of your life. I guess you could go by Missy. You could go by, like, just Missy. Like, I would never let anyone know my name was Mississippi. Like, also, that's so long. Or (laughs) Sippy? What? Sippy. Like, Sippy Cup. You're getting set up to, like, be just ridiculed. I... I'm being I'm being facetious. I know, obviously. but I'm just like no. I'm just saying like also that like name you can't even go suck. by like like you know the state abbreviation is MS. Like you can't go by multiple sclerosis. Like <laughs> the, <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. It's a pretty. I mean, as someone with the name of a place, Mississippi is not it. Like that you could have picked somewhere else. <laughs> but you tell them. So, back on track, I guess we should say they sneak away on this bus with not Lee, what Charles wrote here on the outline, because he just made that up. His name is Lester, the Bible, pink Bible-selling dude. And this guy, he sells Bibles terribly, which, like, I feel like it shouldn't be that hard to sell Bibles. Like, shouldn't churches constantly be in need of more of those? Like, I mean, honestly, it kind of sounded like the preacher didn't want, like, effeminate Bibles. Well, yeah, which that also, I mean, makes sense for the church, I feel like. Of course, the church has toxic masculinity problems (laughs) about their freaking Bibles. But, so, Lester has this bus, and on the bus, like, it says that they're going to the town, or it's, like, from the town where Mib's father is in the hospital. So she's like, we'll just hitch a ride on this bus. But then... A whole bunch of people follow her onto this bus. So now it's Mibs, her brother Fish, their little brother Samson, Will Jr., who is 
all who's the preacher's son, the preacher and the crazy lady's son, who also kind of clearly has like a mutual crush with Mibs and his sister, Bobby, who is 16. She's pretty bratty, but honestly, she's also funny. Like, I kind of like her. And more importantly, because Bobby is the first interaction Mibs has that she realizes that like the tattoos talk to her because this 16 year old girl who's the has is the daughter of a literal preacher has a pierced eyebrow and a tattoo like a tram stamp. She has a tram stamp. Isn't that basically what's described? It's on her back. Yes. A 16 year old. How did she even get that? I have no idea. You have to have, I feel like definitely have when to have I read this book, permission. I definitely was like, more people have tattoos than I think, because I didn't know anyone that had tattoos when I was in middle school. I mean, I was also very sheltered, but I was like, wow, literally well, everyone has tattoos. She is older. I mean, I'm thinking in high school, like, there was definitely, like, some seniors, like, people who turned 18. I don't really know anybody who, like, Oh, there were a lot of people then. at my high school. Not people I knew, but I saw tattoos all day at my high school. But, like, definitely, I'm assuming, like, most places, if you're under 18, like, you have to get, like, your parents have to sign off on it. I don't know if that's true. Also, aren't they, like, in Kansas? Yeah, which I would think would be even stricter. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. How old (laughs) do you have to be to get a in Kansas. 18. Let's look at, well, and they're also in maybe Nebraska. Maybe she got the Lord to sign her permission slip. Well, that's why, to me, it doesn't make sense, because, like, her parents, obviously, 18. That's, you don't know anything about tattoos. You have, you have to be 18 unless you get, like, a parent signing off on it if you're under, and I think, can you get a tattoo at 16 with parental consent? Yes. So that's what I'm saying. At 16, you need, like, so maybe she I believe forged, you. Maybe she forged the signature. I mean, she seems like a rebel. Anyway, I don't know anything about them. So then we get another interesting dilemma with Samson, the younger brother who's seven years old. Because at this point, I was thinking that he must already have his savvy or at least the beginning of it. Because, like, he's described as being, like, broody and, like, doesn't like to talk and he hides all the time. But he's also super calm and so at first, like, you could be like, oh, well, it's just his personality. Like, he always keeps his cool. I mean, this is literally a child. But while they're on the bus, Bobby's, like, sitting in the back, and she, like, knocks fish off the chair. And he, like, blows up and, like, starts doing a storm inside the bus. And Mibs gets up and, like, is trying to shake him to get him to stop. And the only thing that gets him to stop, like, freaking out is Samson literally just placing his hand, like, on Fish's wrist. I'm Fish. I just, that name. But um, placing it on his wrist, and then he immediately stops. Like, it's almost like it was instantaneous. Like, it was a power. And then later, Mibs is, like, uncontrollably sobbing when she realizes what her, that her savvy is actually just like the tattoo thing and she's just like she's not gonna be able to save her father and so she's just like totally upset and same thing samson comes up touches her and her tears like immediately dry and she's like everything's gonna be okay like i don't know that just seems like a little bit too 
like too instantaneous for me and it also like really reminded me of Jasper from Twilight like how he was able to kind of control people's emotions and calm people down well it's also Mib says that that is a possibility she says so yes I agree with you it's very much like Jasper and it is well I thought of this before she mentioned it that's good for you Yes, Mib but says then it's Mib possible does for your savvy to come. And I was like, well, that definitely has to be the case with him. Sorry. Mib says it is possible for the savvy to come early. So I'm interested, though, like how, if that's it, how it'll relate to his name. Because ugh, it's been a while since I read the Bible, but I'm pretty sure that in the Bible, Samson is super strong and super faithful. And, like, he gets all messed up. Like, he gets his eyes gouged out, and then he tears down a city, and God forgives him, I think. So, I don't really know how that's going to relate to his power, but we'll see, I guess, down the line. Well, I think it could definitely speak to almost, like, it's the beginning, like, his power could get stronger, like, whether he doesn't have to be touching people, or he's able to control people's emotions, like Jasper, like, something like that. I feel like it could be just the beginning. Yeah. Since it's so early. So, speaking of family now, following along with the outline, I'll go ahead and mention some of the other powers or savvy that we have. So, we know that the grandfather can move and shape land, and some of their cousins have telekinesis. This is the twins, correct? Yeah, that's what it said. They have cousins that are two that are twins, and then their grandmother was able to capture radio waves in jars, and their mother is perfect like as in she's always right like she she always able to do things like correctly like she'll make mistakes but like the mistakes will be like perfect like it's like plant like it's almost like it's planned and Mibs is like oh my gosh like it must be so incredible being perfect all the time and then her mom is like well you know a lot of people don't like that like being around someone and I was like I definitely agree with the mom because I could definitely see why people like wouldn't want to hang out with her if she literally was always doing everything right, always getting everything that like she wanted because it would make everyone around her constantly feel inferior. I feel like that was a pointed look at me. No, I was just commenting on that. I just think that when she said that, because Mib is like, no way, everyone want to hang out with you. And I'm like, no, people definitely wouldn't like that. Like, you have to be a really strong, secure person to be around somebody who's constantly getting their way. Oh, I agree. It's it's just because... every single time. Long-time listeners of the show will know that sometimes we record this podcast with uh, animojis, is that what they're called, on our FaceTime. And so Asia's owl turned at me and looked at me very dramatically and I was like I feel like I'm being called out by an owl anyway I was looking at you to let you know it's your turn to speak I I knew it was my turn to speak though you know you've been interrupting me all day so maybe you'll interrupt me again right now I'm gonna start speaking probably should talk right about now anyway they have a nice array of powers but like you said Mims is really struggling to understand hers like she has no idea until she draws a sun on Will Jr.'s hand and it comes alive. And so this is important. Like we said already, like the ink that she draws even comes alive. And this is finally when she's like, oh, my power isn't, you know, 
to wake people from the literal dead, like Jesus Christ. Yes, so, and it's definitely, like you had said before, kind of showing the prog- the progress, or not, I guess not the progress of her power, but just the fact of, like, how powerful she could be. Like, all she needs to do is draw on someone, and then she's able to possibly hear their deepest, darkest thoughts. Like, the possibilities. But I'm glad that you mentioned this moment because while this happens, Fish is, like, throughout this kind of doing a terrible job of hiding his savvy. Like, it's clear to Will Jr. and Bobby that, like, something is off with them. I mean, specifically him because he's, the like, the only one who essentially has a savvy already and is supposed to, like, be learning how to control it but like he's really letting it get away from him but also his is like super visual yeah it's very like, visual and like it you could know, be you can literally see the glass yeah, I feel cracking like the first couple times like he's done stuff like it could be coincidental but like a storm happening while they're in the middle of a bus like <laughs> like inside the bus i feel like that's hard to uh reason out but at the same time though i did love how his and Mib's relationship kind of played out because he was really paying attention to the changes in Mib's behavior as she was starting to like become in dis- like sh- show signs of being in distress when she's running away from Will Jr. saying like get away from me like take the ink off of your hand and like he doesn't know what her savvy is like she hasn't told anyone yet so he doesn't know what's going on but he knows that it's her 13th birthday so obviously something's happening and he can see that she's upset so he is able to figure out how to help her and basically protect her which I thought was just like really sweet like because also what reminds me of like Encanto is like that sense of family and like I don't know, I just really enjoyed that, and something I also think I'm going to enjoy about the story is, like, yes, the, like, their family, the family dynamic of, like, having each other's back, protecting each other, no matter what. Yeah, their dynamic is really excellent, and I think that Will Jr. and Bobby also have a great dynamic, and like you said, I really like that family aspect. Like, all of the Beaumonts spend all day staring at Mibs on her 13th birthday, because they just want to help her when they know her savvy is coming, and... I just think that it's, I really like that. Like, you can tell that's going to be something that's going to make you, it's going to make the story heartwarming as you read it. Which, speaking of the Beaumont, something that I had thought of, because at the beginning, I, they clearly, like, stated that the grandfather had powers, and the grandmother's power, like, being able to, like, put music in jars, like, I, I didn't catch that one, I think, the first time they mentioned it. Like, Me I didn't either. really understand what, it's I didn't understand a, what they meant. And then once they said it again, I was like, okay, first of all, just like in Encanto, and also just the idea of how families work, if both the grandma and the grandpa have powers, like, is their relationship, like, incest? Because how can they both have savvies if they're, like, unless they're from the same bloodline? Like, that's immediately what I was thinking, because ultimately only one side, just like how only the mom, like... They also call them Mama and Papa, which I was also like, no, I didn't like that. Um, But the mom also only has powers and the dad doesn't, just like all the kids will have powers. And if they marry people, their spouses will not have powers. So I just thought that was really odd because I was like, is there like another family line that has savvies or did they like marry into their own family line? Like, was she his cousin? So I started to get freaked out by that. Yeah, I never thought of that. I think you're a pl- I think you're right. I think it's just a plot hole, honestly. 
because it's very clear the father does not have powers and it's passed down genetically. So one of the grandparents shouldn't have the powers or they must be like related. Yeah, and that's why when they were first mentioning like the music thing, like I thought she was like she just collected music. Like I didn't realize it was like they were saying like, oh no, this is like her savvy. Like it's a superpower that she can like store music in jars, like so they last forever. Which again, a very odd specific power. But so yeah, I don't know. To me, that is a little bit of a turnoff. But I guess if that's the only plot hole, maybe we can let it slide. But to me, that's kind of a bad plot hole for a children's story. I guess kids wouldn't pick up on something like that. Yeah. But. I didn't notice it. <laughs> I was just like, incest? What is this? Where is this story going? So then as they're continuing on this bus, they. So I don't even think we mentioned, but they get on the bus and the Lester, he doesn't even end up going in the direction they need to go farther south. He ends up going north. So they're basically going on a, a road trip. They just jumped into this man's van which, you know, stranger danger, but whatever. So here's some more stranger danger. While they're on this rural highway, they end up pick up, they end up picking up a hitchhiker, basically this waitress named Lil, who her, who she says, she says that her car broke down. And so they pick her up and I don't know, to me, like, well, the first thing that I noticed to me that was sketchy is, so she doesn't have any tattoos on her body, which, I mean, it's not, like, unnormal because plenty of people don't have tattoos. But because of this, obviously, Mibs, with her new power, can't, like, get a read on her. Like, she doesn't know what her true intentions are. Like, she can't know that. So, I don't know. To me, I was like, this automatically makes her suspicious. She's a stranger. She seemed, like, too nice. And I, maybe I'm just, like, always looking for a villain, I guess. And this is just a children's book. And maybe I'm looking too much into it. But I was just like, maybe this could possibly be our first villain because she has no tattoos. And Mibs can't read her. I mean, I definitely think that's a possibility. And it's not something I picked up on, like the not having tattoos. But it's a good point because I did think that they were sharing too much with her. Like, they're kids, so it's to be expected that they're going to, like, say too much all the time. But you're right that Lil definitely has has an advantage because she she can hide her thoughts in, like, a way that, like, we know Lester's all messed up because his wife's beaten up on him, his mom's beaten up on him. So he's got... Well, that's... I think I was also just suspicious because we're bringing another adult into the mix and, like, Lester is clearly, like, incapable of, like, being an adult. So, like, he's not really, like... So to me, like, he's not capable of protecting them in the sense of... So now we have this stranger who's an adult who, like... Mibs is kind of, like, explaining, like, why they're on the bus and, like, she's making up these lies. And I'm not even thinking of it in the sense of she's a villain because she's going to, like, tattle on them or something and, like, call her parents. But, like, what if she's a serial killer? I mean, I don't think this is one of those kind of books, but... I think you're probably right. <laughs> you know, that's I where don't my think mind it's one went. of those books. My dark mind went. But I just think, I don't know, maybe, too, I'm, like, I think that would be an interesting storyline because we love a good, like, betrayal. Do we? Do we love that? For like a, for plot like a plot line like I don't I don't or, ever okay, love a serial not a killer. betrayal but a plot twist a plot twist somebody you were introduced to early on in the story something you think you can trust and then wow look you can't actually trust them they were evil all along plot twist I like a good plot twist I guess. which 
So to me, I felt like that could have been a good setup. Well, for that. I'm giving but you we'll all the credit. I think you're right. Out. I think it's a good point. So once they have Lil in the car, they decide to drive her to. She was on her way to work. She works at a diner. She's a waitress. So they take her to her diner and. When they enter the diner, Mibs is, like, completely overwhelmed with all of the voices because, like, I guess a ton of people in there have tattoos, so all the tattoos are just chitter-chattering away, and she's just super overwhelmed with all the noise, and this reminds me of, again, Edward in Twilight with his mind-reading abilities and how he says how, like, when he first, like, had the ability, he felt like he couldn't even hear his own thoughts because it would sound like people were shouting at him with his thought, like, with their thoughts, that he couldn't hear anything, so, like, being in a crowded room was completely overwhelming. So. Okay, now that you've said that thing about Lil, I'm suspicious of her. I'm like, what if she somehow knows that Mibs's power and she brought her to this diner and now she's, like, trapped in a place where Mibs is super vulnerable? Like, what if this was all part of Lil's plan? I mean, possibly. I mean, also, I'm just, like, I don't know. To me, like, if this family has all these special superpowers, like, wouldn't it be, like, I feel like it's got to be, like, the Incredibles. Like, where's the villain? Where's the super villain? Like, I don't know where the story's going. It's true. Is it going to be, like, Encanto, where it's, like, you're just discovering the love of your family? But, like, I don't think that's it, because obviously a big... They all love each other already. They already love each other, and also the big thing with Encanto is the fact is that Mirabelle doesn't get a power, so it's, like, coming to terms with that and, like, discovering what her real power was. Whereas here, it seems like... Mib's got a power. Like, yes, we. it's kind of odd, and she's figuring it out, but she got, like, a normal savvy. Like, it isn't something, like, she didn't get one. And then yeah. with, like, how, how I've been comparing it to Twilight with some of the vampires having the extra abilities, obviously they're using these extra abilities to fight bad guys, to fight their enemies. So I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I guess they're, like, kids, too. So I, I just, I'm curious to see, like, where the story will go. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I think that's a good point, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But at this point now, we're pretty much at the end of the reading, and like we said, Mibs is really overwhelmed, so Fish gets her to, like, come out. Like, they take her into the back, and then everyone else goes away, and Fish is like, you need to tell me what's going on. Like, what's your savvy? And she's, like, ready to tell him, and he thinks that she can read minds, I mean, because her demonstration kind of is like, I mean, it, like, I don't think he understood, like, how ink is involved. Basically, she, like, told him to think of a number, and then she, like, wrote a smiley face on his hand so that the smiley face would tell her what the number was, and then she, like, erased it. And so he's like, can you read mine? And she's, like, kind of, like, thoughts and feelings. And Bobby overhears this as she tells Fish this, so obviously now Bobby thinks that Mibs can read minds, which we know that that's not exactly what she can do. It's the tattoo thing. But that's where we ended. So obviously that's a big thing because they're not supposed to tell people outside of their family that they have, a, like, that they have sav- a savvy, savvies. They have the superpowers. So obviously that's a big reveal. But I don't know. To me, I mean, this is very much like giving me, like, superhero, like, Marvel, like, I don't know, like, I just feel like, how can we have a story and there's no villain, like? Well, we'll probably get one soon, but, so what are your thoughts so far, besides the fact that we're lacking a villain? Like I said, I've definitely, and I'm enjoying it, like, well, also, I feel like what Charles said, whatever Charles said in the weeks before, he said, like, this is super fantasy, like, 
I wouldn't. It is super fantasy. They have superpowers. But it's still like again, like you said, low fantasy that it's in the real world. Mm-hmm. So like Charles had mentioned before, like how the difference between low fantasy, high fantasy, when things are rooted in the real world, like I just have a tendency to like like I'm not tendency to like them more, but I really don't like high fantasy, like where there's a whole new universe. Like I think I just don't really find that interesting. Like I think it's just too much going on. Like I don't know, I just have never really found that intriguing so for me how charles had like talked about these books and like teased me about these books i thought that it was going to be like that so that's why i was kind of set up that i was going to hate it but that is absolutely not what this is and it is like i'm saying very similar like even twilight that twilight is like very fantastical elements but rooted in our world like the world as we know it so I feel like I can enjoy it. If anything, like, oh, maybe some of the, like, these kids are obviously a lot younger, so there might be more, like, childish stuff, but I am enjoying it because it's funny. The characters are funny. But I am, like, interested to see where the story is going because at this point, like, I don't really know what's going to happen. Like, obviously, the dad's in a coma, which, I don't know, I feel like he's going to die, but this is also a kid's book, so maybe not. But Well, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if I have any, like, predictions for, I guess for the second half of the book. Because, yeah, maybe there will be no villain because it's ultimately about her, like, discovering her savvy. I feel like she's going to go to her dad. Like, they're going to eventually reunite. And she's going to be like, I wish I could save you. And he's going to be like, you're perfect just as you are. And then he's going to die. I Okay, well, my prediction is he's not going to die. And I, my prediction is that her, his tattoo with the mermaid that she mentioned is going to be important somehow. Oh, that's definitely going to be important. I forgot. Because I was thinking that. I was like, he must have a tattoo, which they did say, and I forgot. They literally said he has a mermaid tattoo. So I feel like that's going to be important. And I think that Maybe that's perf- what she's going to be able to do, which is why her power is important, is the tattoo is going to, like, tell them, tell like, what, what they need needs. to say or what he needs in order to wake up. Okay, there you go. Boom, right there. There's the end of the book. We just well, spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> You don't well, even have to listen to the episode next week. That's what it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have to find out, though. I do think we're probably spot on. That's like, because again, I am right now. I don't know what's going on, but definitely. I feel like once we get into like the second, third book, like this is still like, I'm assuming this is like more of a kid's book. Like it's definitely a younger, one of the younger books like we've read, right? I mean, because she's only 13. I would say so. I definitely think it's on the younger side. I mean, it's not like particularly complex so far. Like, everything has had been given to us, which I'm not complaining about. So that's why I'm just saying, I think as we go along, I think that the plot will, will start to become predictable. I, I agree, but we'll have to see. We'll have to go there. So I feel like that's a perfect place so, to end. Yes, so that means that next week we will be reading the second half of Savvy. So if you read along, you can go ahead and finish the book for next week. Yeah, and if you have predictions, theories, questions, comments, concerns, you want to talk about our predictions, you can stay in touch with us on the Nerd Party website. You just head over to nerdpotty.com slash contact. You select throwback paperback, wear the little twilight microphone, and you can send us an email there, or you can get in touch with the network at large on Twitter at Party or Instagram at Party or facebook.com slash Party. And to find me, I'm really only active on Instagram at seashells. But I do check my message requests. So, there you go. And I'm at Asia Bonia on TikTok and at Asia.bonia on Instagram. 
If you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. But most of all, make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss us next week. Yep. Hit that subscribe button. Have a good one. We will see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.